Let's go. Yeah. Welcome back to the Pop In. This is the adjacent podcast of Flop Stars where we run through the big music news stories and the best new bops of the week or the worst ones. Uh, today we're going to talk about the brand new things from Scissor with Lizzo. Jesse Ware returns. Uh, there is also a brand new Paramore album that we want to chat about. The Brit Awards happened, but we could not start proceedings without talking about what we watched mere hours ago Sam Murphy, the Super Bowl, the uh, Apple Music Super Bowl 54 halftime show. The Night of Nights. Hello, first of all. How are you? <laughs> Hello. Sorry. Yeah, wasn't very cordial. Um, now, again, I, I feel like we always have to give context now. We're back to recording remotely, even though we're about an hour away from each other due to logistical challenges. But yeah, yeah the IRA records are over, um, which is probably It's good. such a shame. I, I really enjoyed them. Back to being a shit podcast again. It's so much easier. We had to stay and watch the Super Bowl in the comfort of our environments. Well, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I just watched Rihanna. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts? Everything felt like it was right. Everything felt like yep. what it needed to be. And I think there was such a sophistication and an elegance to the way she brought that stage to life. It was just a classic yep. superstar performance. There were no gimmicks. There were no crazy ideas. I think no guess was a genius move because the guests were just going to overpower any conversation. Instead, you just have one of the world's most patient pop stars, one of the world's most prolific, iconic pop stars, up there, pregnant belly and all, belting out mm. hits to absolute perfection and melting so many eras together so seamlessly and, and no, no, no ridiculous costume changes or anything, just one icon with the focus on them the whole time. I think it was so perfectly done. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Were you, were you left excited by it? I think there was there was a couple of points where I was worried that I wasn't going to be wowed by it. But by the end, yeah. I was like, no, that's all it needed to be. That's what it needed to be. It didn't need all of these insane extra special guests and guitar solos by random people that you haven't seen in ages. And, you know, I, the, the conversation in the room that I was in is when, you know, when she started playing Run This Town, oh, is, is Jay-Z going to come out? When she was even playing yeah. Wild Thoughts, is Khaled going to come out? We knew it was at the game and there was this yeah. expectation. And then what's so- the reason, you know? Exactly. It's there silly, was no point, it? was there? I think it was so yeah. beautiful. A couple of uh, occasional missing hits. I think I would have liked to see love on the brain in there at some point but you can't get everything in there you can't squeeze everything into it and i think what she did manage to squeeze and the way that she weaved between sounds and genres and eras was just fucking seamless i was i was yeah i I didn't need any more after it i was fed yeah i think i started disappointed and i felt like it was very low energy um, and then as it went on And then when she did the Fenty thing I think it just really clicked to <laughs> me And I was like that is so fucking funny um, I loved the set list I thought the set list was perfect I thought maybe We Found Love's light was dimmed slightly By its placement in it mm. um, But apart from that I thought it was brilliant No Lift Me Up was great um, Yeah I think the problem is there was that era when Beyonce did the surprise drop and then everybody was surprise dropping and everything in music was this gigantic surprise that kind of made us all expect more than what we need always. And I realized it with the Grammys last week. I was like, every performance, I was like, oh my God, they're going to bring somebody out or they're going to drop an album or like, and that's just not going to happen anymore. So we just need to like, let it be. And 
to be honest, she didn't need a guest. There's not a single guest, bar maybe Beyonce, that she could bring out that would have excited me because Rihanna's star power is so singular and always has been. Yep. She always outshines anybody who she shares a stage or a song with. So the fact that she just took it by herself, just kind of coasted on her own charisma and this incredible stage setup. Um, I thought was really cool. And I get why people are overwhelmed by it, but underwhelmed by it, sorry, but get over it. Move Ab- on. Absolutely get Re- over that's it. That's Rihanna. Rihanna has stayed underwhelming her entire career, you know, <laughs> because that's her. That's her personality. She's like, is, you know, low yeah. key. And that's, that's fine. Not everybody needs to be doing like big Beyonce, J-Lo dance breaks and all this kind of stuff. I thought she gave enough and it was a very charming performance. Charming and sophisticated and classy and classic. And I, I think back to like, you know, I, I know The Weeknd was really inspired by the Diana Ross performance, but even that one, whilst it mm. was classy, she still arrived in a helicopter and we didn't yeah. need any of that. You know, the, the fireworks were the, enough around her and just seeing her at the end taking in everything that she'd just done and looking up to the sky and seeing those fireworks going and just having yeah. a little moment to just take in the applause was really beautiful. She'd have to be the first pregnant Super Bowl performer. I looked right? it up, but yeah, I think um, the first probably noticeably pregnant Super Bowl performer. I don't know if there's yeah. been any others who were... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And the way she, the way the camera just started right on her face, yeah, like was quite shocking. Yeah, usually, like for the Gaga one, for example, she was like up on the roof, and they kind of panned over to her. And the weekend one was very mysterious. Mm. It was crazy just to see her start almost no music, so present. Like I thought it. Was... I thought the intro was still going. I thought that was the start Me of too. like a package. I did as well. It, and then she's just starts she's just there and i was like oh my god it's rihanna <laughs> it felt like she was in my home well that's because you've got an enormous television because you've done quite well um what's the situation i'm not even staying at my freaking house i don't have my own tv People Do not. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell what's the um what's the situation with um I've lost my train of thought now because I had to get a really good gag in there. Yeah, because you had to bloody paint me out to be some rich bitch. I don't (laughs) own shit. Um, Early tips on who's going to do it next year. I've got Taylor in mind. What do you Uh, think? Literally what I thought just before this. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's her time to do it. Um, Either that or I think um, Jessie Ware would be great. I agree. Yeah, I was also thinking Pink. <laughs> Jesse, Rena, and Charlie XCX for the Pride Sweet. edition of the Super Bowl. And then Jesse J can come out and do Bang Bang for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, that just came to my head Obviously. when you talked about those three because I'm thinking about iconic trios. Um, I I read up earlier, because I um, by the way, I'm pleased to announce that we've acquired Pink tickets. Um, the tickets to Pink's Australian tour well have gone on sale. And mum, mum bought 10. She bought 10. Mum bought 10 tickets. She goes... <laughs> As any good middle-aged woman in Australia should. <laughs> exactly. And then I made the mistake of telling her, that, reminding her that she'll be 60 by the time that Pink performs in Australia. <laughs> now she's off me again and threatening to redu- redact my ticket. Oh, she's um, got 10 who else she's going to give it to. But I read that she was offered the 2019 performance and turned it down because she said she'd probably just take a knee and be whisked off the stage immediately. And that she that was the awkward one, wasn't it? I think Rihanna turned it down that year as yeah. well. Um, they managed to find Maroon 5, which makes a lot of sense. That Seriously. That's the year they did it. 
It reminds me of the story of who they gave the um, Friends theme song to, where they were like, they just worked their way down the list of all these different male bands until they found one that had just been dropped from their record label, had nothing going for them. And they were like, yeah, whatever, we'll do it. So (laughs) it was similar when the Super Bowl was in disrepute. But, you know, it's almost like the Grammys conversation again, where... I feel like from year to year, these things become sort of iconic to do and then less iconic to do and then more iconic to be a part of again and then less iconic. And I feel like yeah. what we're talking about with the Grammys last week, despite its its issues with who the awards ended up going to, it feels like the Grammys back in favour again, or at least yeah. is, is a more iconic event than it was a few years ago where it almost became laughable. Um, yeah, just like it was some a better the, show. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like the Super Bowl has, has arrived back. And I think Apple Music's got a lot to do with that, to be honest. I think, you know, their whole thing has been about, you know, building artist relationships and building yeah. genuine, solid, long-term artist relationships. And the relationship that they built with Rock Nation over the journey um, has been a massive part of why Rihanna decided to do it because of the partnership yeah. as well. So I think what we'll probably see with that, you know, that new corporate partnership for the halftime show um optimistically thinking is that we will start to see some slightly more you know iconic and artist driven performances rather than performances just driven for you know the mere idea of ratings and controversy you know they're really going to be yeah it definitely felt like a celebration of the music this year more than a spectacle for spectacle's sake yeah 100 yeah yeah very good flop stars the brits were over the weekend. I didn't even know they were on. A fucking mess, as always. Um, why, do they, was, why does England do things on a Saturday night? Why do they do England Saturday night loves things? a Saturday night. Like, X Factor was always a Saturday yeah. night. All their big shows are a Saturday night. Why are they all s- staying in? Absolutely. They want to get their rest so they can get up early in the morning to make their Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> and whilst they're drinking Yorkshire tea, I can do that because my mum's from Yorkshire, so I can do Yorkshire gear. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a good homemade Yorkshire pudding, by the way, like from scratch? Um, if you get it I right, mean, if it's I great. have, I wouldn't remember. Oh, how good can it be, though? Yeah, I mean, it's just dope, great. Isn't I'm it? sorry to all the British people that listen to the podcast, but you got a lot right. But food, certainly not one of Are them. Are you kidding? You're all lucky. You've still got teeth in your mouth. British food is fucking brilliant. What? This is because you don't like vegetables, which is perfect. They should ship you right off Everything to right off the to the UK with the rest of the ones that have scurvy. Everything on the plate is golden or brown yes. or red. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. It looks like a retirement home. We were talking about um, you and I were hanging out yesterday. We were discussing the great idea of what what cafes would refer to as a mighty breakfast, where they've got a ramekin. <laughs> of baked beans in the middle that have gone cold and a hash brown so hot it could melt a fucking <laughs> piece of glass. And a really icy cold poached egg that's quite <laughs> tough in the middle. And watery. And it, all the water, watery, yes, the watery residue. Your, it makes your hash brown all soggy. <laughs> we haven't talked a second about the Brits. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to offend about British food. I've had a lot of good food in London. I'm just being silly. Yeah. Um, melting pot but yeah, um, there's room for improvement so harry styles won a number of important awards he won best british album he won best pop slash r&b act which absolutely needs to be separated at at once um he won yes. best song for as it was and he won wait is what sorry go on no you yeah. go on i'm trying to find uh, i was just saying is it true that there were no women and um nominated for best artist yeah harry styles fred again central <laughs> c stormzy and george ezra 
How are you going to take away the gendered categories? It's bonkers. And then just, it's you're literally just taking away the female category. Yeah. You're like, no, we don't need that. On the red carpet, Charlie was actually saying, and I think she was really composed about it. She was like, yeah, I don't think we're doing anything wrong as women. She's like, I had my best year yet. And there were, yeah. lo- there were lots of conversations that she'd heard about not, not enough women being in their album cycle. But she's like, I had probably my best year yet. I had a number one album. I was in album cycle the whole eligibility period. Like, what else do there we need so to do? There were so many. Yeah. Florence it was the other example. Florence given. and Rena. Exactly. What else do we have to do to at least get a nomination in there? You oh, know? my Lord. Um, yeah. yeah so, some, but, you know, some, some good celebration. I mean, four or five awards for Harry in the end and an acknowledgement of his privilege, which didn't happen at oh the Grammys. Oh, my God. How <laughs> funny that he did that. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Like, that's the most obvious PR move I've ever seen. Like, be subtle about it. Yeah. Someone's Do a GQ interview in, like, five months' time and talk about it. Exactly. Don't rush it. Not the weekend after. Or at least do it in a less subtle, in a more subtle way, as you said. Like, if you're going to say something in your speech, at least do something a little bit more subtle about it rather than say, I acknowledge my privilege. Um, but the cute acknowledgement of the One Direction boys, I think, was quite a nice little yeah, moment as fun. well. Very full yeah. circle for him to be winning that. Um, other awards went to uh, Best International Song went to Beyonce Break My Soul. Uh, Alternative Rock Ooh. Act went to The 75. International Artist went to Beyonce as well. Best British Group went to Wet Leg. Um, international Group went to Fontaine's DC, the Irish group, who are just a great Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, international? Yeah, <laughs> and then you realise that it's, yeah. it's technically a different country because it's British. Great band. Great band. Shout out Brinley, Stan of Sex. Yes. Is a big Fontaine's fan. Well, I mean, instrumental in getting them to Australia for the first time in the last couple of weeks. And they honestly, yeah. like, they are a very, very fun band. We saw a little bit of them um, at the Laneway Festival and we loved it. Um, and Flo winning Rising Star, which was. Love them. Yeah. Deserved. Love them. Against Cat Burns and Near Archives. Like, there's so much good. There, There is just this wonderful group of emerging pop acts coming out of Britain at the moment, pop and R&B acts. Like, there is just, there is, they are so lucky with the yeah. amount of excellence that's sitting there just bubbling under. Five years' time, that best artist category, and particularly women, there's just going to be a phenomenal group in there, some absolute game changers. They're certainly not putting money into their cooks, but they are into their music. <laughs> Stars. Um, let's do Bop Off Flop, biggest new songs of the week, starting with a brand new song for Tovlo that we get not long after the album as well in Borderline, obsessed with this summer. Yeah, this is a Dua Lipa co-write written during the Future Nostalgia sessions. I think that um, Tove and Dua were out together in Palm Springs recording. None of it made... Actually, no, I think one song... Potentially made the record. Yeah, from memory. Was it, yeah. Was it, was it cool? It was cool. Cool. Tof. Yes, it is a Toblo song. Okay, great. Yeah, Toblo um, and yes. Stuart Price. So this is the second. Both songs are great. I can see the borderline's very much in that cool lane. The chorus is very Tove, like just like rolling off the tongue kind of thing. She's just so brilliant at melodies and yep. like another smash for her. I just want one of these songs to get some really good traction. I think she's got another hit in her yeah. at some point. Um, this might be maybe, it. Yeah, maybe because of the duo thing that this could be it. But absolute bop. 
Could we maybe get, considering Do is now officially out of album cycle, could we maybe be looking at a Dua Lipa remix in a few weeks if it starts to I well? believe Dua is back in album cycle in about two months' time, so I would say no. I would say radio silence from Dua yeah, until no, then. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's yeah. not, not a bad idea, particularly if it starts to go well. You know, you don't want to attach yourself to another smasher and then have six weeks to go before you put out the next one. Yeah, so annoying. Is that do a back in album cycle in two months information public? Well, I just saw it on Twitter. So oh, okay, that's fine. It's, it's we can, no, say, we yeah. can say that then. <laughs> well, I, I had been given intel that it wasn't far, that everything was sort of ready when she was wrapping up the Australian tour. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be another good year for her. But yeah, it's an absolute bop on the toe front. Um, you know, this just complements the album so perfectly. Bop. And it's an, yeah, it's just a simple bop. Should we talk about Jessie Wear Pearls now as well? Because I feel like same kind of wheelhouse. Yeah, same kind like of a natural. Alt disco yeah. world. This is also from the future nostalgia world. It's the same team that wrote uh, Levitating. And it definitely has that same kind of woozy, spacey, um, a little bit alien-like vibe to it, which is cool to hear Jessie on. I don't think that... She's kind of in the same lane as What's Your Pleasure, but not at the same time. I think she's exploring different pockets of that disco sound and perhaps going more modern pop with it to a more kind of Kylie fever, light ears kind of space, which is a, a perfect spot for her. What really stands out for me with Pearls, and I probably don't like it immediately as much as Free Yourself... But what stands out to me is the way that she's just going for it vocally. Like those notes that she's smacking in the chorus are so impressive. So I just think it's, she just continues to show how her confidence is like really expanding and just opening up these doors for her to explore spaces musically that she was too timid to in the past. And I think it's just really exciting to see someone doing that. I really like how live it sounds as well. It's kind of got that like 1am diva club kind of feel to it. Absolutely. It's joy. Um, Yeah. Pure joy from them. Scissor has jumped on a redo of Lizzo's special, which feels like good timing post Grammys. You know, Scissor's still smashing through with those those big hits. This has gone straight into radio everywhere in Australia the moment it Great. dropped. So um, it felt really nice to play on the radio today. For me, it feels like the song was already a big warm hug and I think yeah. Scissor just adds that love to it even more. Like there's such a warmth to it now. Um, and yeah. I kind of like how Lizzo gives up the first verse for her. And yeah, it, it feels like a really, really nice little moment. It's sort of giving me good as hell Ariana remix sort of yeah. vibe in a way. Um, I can really see this being a big, a big, big moment for both of them. Yeah, I agree. It's perfect timing. I actually didn't like this song when it was mm. on the Lizzo album. Bit I naff, kind of skipped hey. past it. I did think it was naff, but... Um, with Scissor on it, there's something about the camaraderie and the companionship between the two of them that's really beautiful and the way mm. that really exemplifies how Lizzo uplifts like her peers around her. Um, and it's, yeah, there's just a warmth now that emanates from the song that I just think is so um, special, excuse the pun. Bang. But it's the way that Scissor jumps in, yeah, first verse and then comes back at the end and does the ad-libs and stuff is just so... It's so good. So this yeah. is a an absolute bop for me and has just turned the song around. What I think is so funny is that Scissor had recorded this 
with Lizzo quite a few months back because they did it live during Lizzo's tour and then SZA released an album that also had a song called Special on it which is a different song it's wild <laughs> and now there is two there is two songs called <laughs> two Special specials. on both of their things wow <laughs> wow in case nobody told you today there's two specials in case nobody told you today um yeah it's a bop though and it's definitely yeah it's definitely elevated my enjoyment of it um let's talk about this paramour album that's out this is why um and the song we're going to focus on is running out of time it's kind of the yeah. the, the big focus single at the moment um love your thoughts because i've been very excited about this album and I don't know. It's probably not hitting as much as I thought it would for me. Um, yeah, so I felt that same way when I listened to it on Friday. I was like, where are all the like big paramour choruses? And I've sat with it over the weekend and listened to it quite a bit today. Um, and it's really starting to click for me. I think it's a bit... It's reminding me of like Heim Women in Music Part 3 where the music got a real strip back. It was quite bare-boned. It's a little bit janky. Um, but you mm. can feel kind of the unrestrained rage that runs through it and it's not polished at all. And I think that's really starting to click for me now. Um, yep. And it, particularly with a song like Running Out of Time, you can just feel the unfiltered anxiety that's like kind of really got this song by the by the balls sorry to be crass but no um yeah so this is a bop for me now and i think the album just keeps continuing to expand for me whereas maybe at the start yeah i felt the same way that it fell a bit flat i might need to spend more time with it look the song's not it's not a terrible song and i think it definitely it it fits in this sonic wheelhouse i kind of like how much they're using i don't know the technical term but it feels like they're playing a lot of minor chords in the verses everything has a sort of and that never sits very well with me yeah because i've got to get over that she did that a lot with her solo work too yeah that's a really good point she absolutely did with pedals for armor and i think it's it's smart to do that and it's smart to go between the two. And I think the news does a really good job of this um, where, you know, those verses feel very uneasy yeah. and then you get this sort of major chord um, thrashy kind of thing in the chorus that kind of allows you to get it all out and get that anxiety out of your, out of your system. And I think that song probably does the most, the most perfect job of it. To be yeah. honest with you, I probably just need some more time with the album. What do you think of the one? Say um, <laughs> There's a couple of silly moments. I just feel like you would as hate well. that one. No, I I just need more time with it. I just <laughs> on the look, I, I think my main thing though is I'm I, for me, Hayley, Hayley is genuinely one of my favorite people making music. I just yeah. think the way that she articulates the whole thing and the way that she uses music to have those kind of more broad conversations. I think she does it in such a such an amazing way, um, yeah. and I'll kind of be here for anything that she does now. I think that yeah. was kind of fr- when she did Pedals for Armor and, and got even more into the core of herself. Um, yeah, I've been really excited to see where it goes with the Paramour stuff, and I'm definitely not um, unimpressed. I think I just need a bit more time with it to really let it seep in. I might listen to it. I might do it at the gym this afternoon. Maybe that'll work. A bit thrashing. Thanks so much. Um, Chloe, with an X instead of a H, has a new song called Cheating on Myself that she's been teasing on TikTok a little bit the last couple of weeks and it's been sounding absolutely amazing. And very luckily, it is very, very good. Right? It's so good. 
Chloe has got to be top five pop artists in this in Australia right now. Yeah, I would say. she continues to deliver the goods and is probably a little bit underrated. Um, which is not create she's not creating the buzz that she should be creating. But something like this song feels very straightforward pop hit ready for radio like it's go time she's a smart cookie i think part of the reason she's not really kind of broken properly here yet is because she's um moved to the states Mm -hmm. but she is back at the moment and she's back supporting the sugar babes um on their australian tour which is just the most perfect combination imaginable and yeah it really does feel like the sky's the limit and i feel like she's been doing this for so long now i think she's really going to be a career pop star um And there's, she's definitely someone that Australian pop fans and underground pop fans hold in very high regard and high favour. And I think this song just brings everything that she's done kind of all together um, in a very kind of saccharine sort of way. So, yeah, I'm really, really into this song, Cheating on Myself. Yeah. Let's let's get around it. We're going very um, Australian New Zealand with these... Well, it's been a strong it's been a strong week for Australia and New Zealand releases. Another artist who spells their name in all capitals, Benny, with two E's on the end, yeah. um, has this green Honda song. Now I'm gonna say with with Benny I saw Benny in passing, saw Benny at Field Day, which was a festival here on New Year's Day. Um yeah. that happens every year. And it was I just kind of went, what's the What's the Benny thing? Like, what's... Mm -hmm. You know, Super Lonely was the biggest song in the world for a little while. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of one... She was one of the first artists to have a song really break on TikTok with both that and Glitter. And it felt to me like they were moments and there was something really exciting about this artist and a little bit mysterious as well. And then, I don't know, it it all has felt very underground since and there hasn't really been another smasher. Um, This song, to me, feels like the closest thing to being a smasher in a completely different world to the the super lonely and glitter kind of world. It's not that cutesy sort of, you know, there were surfaces around that time as well that were kind of popping through that really light Mm. and bright kind of dreamy pop stuff. She's gone into a harder space, but this definitely feels the most cohesive and her thing possible. I just like it when she's a bit weird. Yeah, I personally have not liked anything she's ever done. (laughs) Big fucking statement from you. (laughs) But I fucking love this song. Love it. It's got this really chaotic energy, like you said, that just feels like it's a boulder that just rolls and doesn't stop. Like, the whole thing is just, like, so just bubbling with energy and this kind of wreckage that... Um, I love like yeah. I finally finally I've been waiting for something like this to like introduce maybe <laughs> I'll go back now and, and reevaluate. but this just feels like it's got a little bit more like mm, to it's it, got some grip to it it's giving yeah, vroom it's vroom it's, it's, it's not a bike anymore it's a jeep yeah it's or a honda a it's honda. a green that honda right she makes it yeah. quite clear it's that it's a green honda literally right there yep. in the title <laughs> <laughs> um another australian release budgera therapy written by sarah aaron yeah so we've got a real moment here for budgera who has really been one of the big you know we talk about top five australian kind of underground not underground but bubbling under kind of pop stars at the moment um you know notable that ed 
Sheeran tapped him for the remix of Two Step for Australia, which has been a, a radio staple here since, and I would arguably say is a better version of Two Step, and they come together really nicely. Budge is now going to open for Ed on all the stadium dates that he starts doing from this week. Um, so this is the perfect moment, and this is the moment to really make sure that they capitalise on the amount of audience that's going to get to see him play over the next few weeks and to do it with just a smash hit. And for him to be wise enough to kind of just go, you know what, I don't, I've, I've written my heart out already. Like he's written so much heartfelt, incredible music alongside yeah. people like Matt Corby to be able to go, you know what, I relate to this song. I might not append it, but I'm going to put my heart and soul into singing it and to bring it to life in the way that he did. I think it's a really smart and calculated move from a really smart young pop star. Um, it's, a, it's a belter. I mean, it's a, it's a classic Sarah Aaron's moment um, and it just feels like a level up from him. Yeah, I've always hated the the angle of discrediting artist discrediting artists when they don't write their own song. Like go back to Motown, for example, and like mm. the the cover was a was a real like display of of skill, and that's what being an artist is all about. It's about being able to convey stories, even if they're not necessarily your own, and find some universal feeling and and therapy is perfect for Budra. It stretches him vocally in ways he's never been stretched before. He sounds like a proper pop star. The chorus soars. Like, it's just all there. It's ready to go. And it's because he was able to remove himself and his ego and be like, this song's perfect for me, so why wouldn't I go for it? And it is. It sounds like it was literally written for him, and it wasn't. It was a a pitch song, but um, it's perfect. Love it. It's my first... Big bop for Budge. Yeah, big bop, big bop for Budge. Big bop for Budge. <laughs> Sounds like a commercial radio station promotion in a very small town. Um, <laughs> I I think as well what you touched on with the you know the Motown you know how that was kind of how Motown music worked how these great you know um, these great. Uh, what am I talking about? These great rights were, were then published across multiple recordings. Yeah. Um, he. This is how Budra grew up. He grew up in gospel surroundings. Like yeah. that was his. That was his musical introduction. It was the whole vibe. Yeah. You go to the live show. It is a fucking church. Like this is exactly yeah. what this guy is about. So for him to kind of tap into what they were doing, you know, in in early gospel and Motown days in a 2023 kind of way. And I also like what you touched on with it stretches in vocally because that is the Sarah Aaron's trick. We saw it happen with the middle. It needed the. It was so difficult to find someone that could actually touch what was going on with that song. And yeah. this is exactly the kind of the the same situation with therapy it wasn't this isn't a simple pitch song this has got to go to the right person yeah and it's found its match yeah absolutely 100 <sighs> percent agree passionate delivery becky black me. rebecca um, black she's got um becky bloody black she's got twitter in quite a spin with this album she's they're loving it is she referring to it as an album? Because it's ten songs, and I, I never know whether well, that's Paramore a mixtape. the Paramore one's ten songs too. That's I'm pretty point. sure it's her debut album. Oh, I've got a bit of blood on me. Um, oh. <laughs> wait, a debut album? 
It's her debut album. That's yeah, ridiculous. Let Her Burn, the debut album from Rebecca Black. That's insane. Um, one of the most surprising, captivating, brilliant performances I've ever seen when I saw her play a secret show in Brisbane in September. Did not expect yeah. how high power, high energy, vocally brilliant, iconic that she would be. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't a fan, but I just wasn't like a fan fan at that point. And then yeah. I watched that show and I was like, holy shit, this is a superstar. Um, and so it's exciting to have this album there. Um, I haven't listened to the whole thing, to be honest with you. Um, but this song is kind of doing what I need from Becky Black. And it's a super fun little moment. I need to dive deeper into the album, though. You know, yeah. there's been so much good shit come out. And we're doing this on a Monday, Sam. This is the problem. And didn't, I know. Didn't get a chance. It's not enough time. Not enough time listening. Not enough time. I think we've been all bops. Yeah, this is a bop. I, I can't really add anything to what you've already said. But Great. Well, let's one move of on. Great. Um, <laughs> 180s. Yeah. She's been another, another of those amazing stories of just sort of rewriting the rules on what everyone thought was a, she was about yeah. um i've seen some really interesting interviews with her the last couple of weeks as well she's just so poised in those conversations and she's she r- respectful and decent about the, the you know her start and where she's at now um yeah i just find her a really a really decent pop star to have in the zeitgeist i'm glad she's here and i'm glad she's arrived at album territory which is wonderful me too me too well done becky let's talk about Jax jones and callum scott's seminal classic whistle which has emerged seminal because if you didn't think that we'd run out of songs about whistles in like i'm gonna give flow rider a pass in 2012 and that's about it that's like, an it was done song. before that um, yeah. yeah, your thoughts on this, please? I hate it. hate every second of it. I I already hate it because I've, um, like, annoyed that I've come back to Australia and, like, I remember that everyone thinks Dancing on My Own is by Callum Scott. Mm. So I already was sour, had a sour taste in my mouth. Well, Australian um, Idols restarted that rumour because uh, this tradesman got up and said, I'm going to sing Callum Scott's it was Dancing a tradesman. on My Own. Yeah. And they go, we love Callum Scott. No mention of Robin anywhere. Um... <sighs> It's a lazy song. It's a lazy it's ride. It's so lazy. It's it a sucks. lazy ride. And usually Jax Jones adds a little bit of colour to Absolutely. some things, even though they're a bit basic. So, yeah, man. See, this is the thing. We're talking about the guy who had head and heart. Like, yes. literally one of the greatest dance songs of the modern age. And now we're sitting back at Whistle. Uh, I know. Where did it go? Where did it falter? You know? We had Out Out. That was Jax Jones as well, wasn't it? Jax Jones and Charlie and Tiesto? Um, or was it no, just it was Tiesto? Joel Corey. Joel Corey, same bloke. And, no, but maybe Jax Jones <laughs> was on it. I don't know. Look. Out Out was Joel uh, Corey, Jax Jones, Charlie X, there we and go. Saweetie. There you um, go. Oh, I forgot Saweetie. Was Saweetie's <laughs> just hovering around there as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, you know, there's, we're just demanding better now, I think, out of out of EDM. Um, yeah. And even out of fun EDM. You can have fun and still make it kind of have something to it. And Jax I'm has proved good, that. I'm good, yeah, I'm feeling all right. right. Baby, I'm going to have the best fucking night of my life. I could um, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let it go, let it go. Na, 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 na. Um, hey, just quickly, I know it's not on the run sheet. Have you heard May Stevens? If we ever broke up? If we ever broke up, I'd never be sad. Think about everything I thought we had. If we ever broke up, 
Yes, I have. Yeah. That's, that's a fun little story. Song, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me it? Tell me. She, it. I don't know much of it. Um, she quit. All I know is she's been teasing this song for months and it went viral. Um, and then she's quit her. She quit her job last week at, on release day. And oh, now she she's a pop star. My soul. I just quit my job. <laughs> she was inspired. We're good for her. It's yeah. a cute bob. It's a cute bob. I think she might be one to watch. Um, May Stevens. She signed over to EMI. Um, in the in the UK. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really into this song. I'm really into this artist. Uh, your TikTok has 336,000 views, by the way, your Super Bowl one. I don't know how. It's I think it's my biggest mental. one ever. And I don't say anything significant. <laughs> no, I think it's very good. It's not your biggest one ever, but it's it, like in terms of the trajectory and the matter of hours that it's been out for. It absolutely is. <laughs> Three Meanwhile, hours. Meanwhile, my Bing and Bong one is sitting on... I liked your Bing and Bong one. <laughs> simple. It's got 700. I like Thank that we're tool. subjecting everyone to an analytics chat. I'll probably now. delete this bit. I'll have to think about it later. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to Pop In. Yes, thanks. No, to, no we've just done that one, mate. Um, thanks yeah. to checking out the Pop In. This is the adjacent to, pop, to Flop Stars, but you know that. Um, if you could rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts, because we're starting to get good numbers and we want to be on the charts, um, which would be yeah. lovely. We want to be. We're not in on our pop. flop era this time. No. We are in our main pop girl era. <laughs> Might actually be having This is our crash This is our Megan Trainer moment This is our made you look Season this 7 is our made you look um, Our flowers <laughs> um, But seriously rating and reviewing Is like the kindest thing you could do for us Even if you just hit the 5 stars button Like it actually does help um, yeah, yeah come over to Unless you're British maybe leave it alone this week Yeah next week <laughs> might get you back on, on track um, Come over to the adjacent podcast Flop Stars um, Which will be out on Thursday if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, if not, it's already out because that's the beauty of podcasting is it's a medium that you can access at any point that you'd like. Um, it's, oh, thank you for you know, explaining logistics. Happy to mansplain. To um, we're doing pang. We're doing pang. Um, I, uh, normally I can do a really good spiel here. That's your worst spiel ever. We're doing I'm pang. not even excited to record this now. Okay, well, let me redo it. Here we go. Um from from humble beginnings in <laughs> chairlift, and also she was she was grew up in Tokyo and then moved to the states. Um, how does the debut album from Caroline Polachek that was on her own and not with chairlift? Um, how does it stack up when we listen back to it? Because the new album's out. Um, thanks. Come listen. Wow. Enjoy. Inspire stars. <laughs>